Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Oh, come on. Good morning, everybody. So good to see you. I believe that the coming uh, 10 weeks that we're about to enter into could be some of the most important weeks of your entire life. We're preparing for a big series. It's a big deal. We start next week. Uh, It's a series called Building Your Life on Values That Last. What are your values? Your values are the core beliefs that shape everything you do, determine everything you are and, who, and what you do in life. Everything you do is influenced by your values, what you believe. And many people say, well, it doesn't matter what you believe, but it does matter what you believe because your beliefs determine your behavior. Your behavior determines who you become, who you are. So if you look at the kind of person you are, if you look at the foundation, it's based on the things you have chosen to value. So whatever you want to be in life, you better figure out quick what your values are because they're going to determine your level of success. They're going to determine, hello, your stress level. They're going to determine your salvation many, many other things. And if you want to build a life of lasting success and significance, you've got to build it on values that are going to last. And that's what we're going to look at in this series. It's actually much bigger than a series. We're calling it a spiritual growth campaign. Today, I'm introducing the the spiritual growth campaign. And then in the 10 weeks ahead, we're going to talk about 10 individual values that you need to build your life on if you want to be all of who God wants you to be. Let me cover just a couple of nuts and bolts about this series with you. Uh, There's a personal study guide that goes along with this series. It's for sale in the lobby today. And this book is your personal study guide. It's also your small group study guide. So you would take this with you to your small group because in in your group, you'll watch a video where I'll walk you through a chapter of this book, pause it a few times to discuss some questions with your group. And um, then you'll want to start personally going through this this week. You want to start on this journey this week. Uh, The message I'm teaching today goes along with the introduction of this book. So if your small group starts meeting this week, I've also made an introductory video you could watch in your small groups and watch the introduction together. So this is a series that the entire church is going to go through together. Um, Our RBFK staff and team has put together age-appropriate lessons for these 10 values uh, throughout the next 10 weeks as well. This is the introduction message. We'll start with value number one next week. Makes sense? Everybody say yes. yes. You know what basically everybody agrees on in our society today? Last service, someone goes, no, because yeah, like, what do we all agree on? Well, whether you're, no matter who you are, whether you're a conservative or a liberal, a Republican and Democrat, a independent, a Christian, non-Christian, the vast majority of people in our society today say that our society is in a stage of moral decline, that there is a decaying of values in our society. And the crisis can be seen in many areas. I've listed five here. Politics, business, entertainment, education, religion. You could write down a scandal happening right now for all of these, couldn't you? Because there's a decay of values in our society because of the values crisis that's going on. What is the cause of all this? Why why so much concern right now 
for all of this in our society. Today we're going to look at the cause. We're going to look at uh, why people aren't building their life on values that last. We're going to look at the cost, what it's doing to our culture, what it's doing to our families, and then we'll look at the cure. Next week, we'll start with all the solutions. Next week's going to be so upbeat and positive, and we'll start looking at solutions. Today is not that, okay? Today is like... (laughs) We've got to go, oh, before we start solving the problem, we've got to all get on the same page of what the problem is. So that's what today is. So what's the cause of the values crisis in our society? I want you to write this down. What is the cause? It's two words, two words, truth decay. Not tooth decay, but truth decay. Now, historically for our society, there was much more universal agreement about what was right and wrong. Now, that, did not, that does not mean everybody did right. Okay, people did wrong all the time. There was just much more agreement that it was wrong. What happened? How did we get to the point where, guys, I'm going to stand up here and say, this is true, this is right, this is wrong, and there's going to be all this kind of controversy about it. How did we get to that point? What happened? Well, what happened was we were sold a bill of goods. We fell for four uh, very destructive philosophies. And the first destructive philosophy that we have fallen for is individualism. Individuality, individualism. It, it, individualism says, I live for myself. Have you ever heard this phrase, I've got to do what's best for me? That's called individualism. And this is nothing new. Individualism has gone on uh, for centuries and millenniums, thousands of years ago. The nation of Israel fell prey to individualism. If you want to read the dark ages of a nation, the dark ages of the nation of Israel, read the book of Judges, and it was a time of total chaos. Why? Because Judges 21 tells us that in those days, Israel had no authority, meaning there was no king or anyone else setting a standard. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Doesn't that sound vaguely contemporary? Doesn't that sound familiar? That if there's no standard, if there's no rule, if there's no absolutes, then I can do whatever I want. It's an easy philosophy to hold on to because then I don't have to feel guilt. I don't have to measure up to your standards and feel guilty or anybody else's. I'm an individual. I'm running my own life here. That's the first philosophy. And the result for the nation of Israel was total anarchy because they just did whatever seemed right to them. The second philosophy that we've bought into is secularism. And secularism says God is unnecessary. Do not miss this. Secularism does not mean there is no God. It means God is unnecessary. Lots of people believe in God but find him unnecessary. And so they'll say, well, yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, I believe there's a God. I just don't need him in my day-to-day life. I don't need to consult with him for my decisions. And for the last few decades, we've just systematically removed God from every area of public life and all the different areas of of public opinion. And we basically relegated God to a, a slice of Sunday morning. And that's all the God I need. God's unnecessary for the rest of it. I believe in God, but he's just this slice of life right over here. Romans 121 talks about these philosophies. It talks about this one. It says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. They weren't getting their values from him. Where do most people get their values today? Where are most people getting their values? The number one purveyor of values in our society is not God, the Bible, church, even parents. Number one purveyor of, of values is TV, streaming, podcasts, social media reality. 
reality where we take the most bizarre people on the planet, give them a platform and say, this is normal. It's not normal. It's not real. And God's been removed from the mainstream. It's secularism. Number three, another destructive philosophy uh, is materialism. And materialism is when you put not at the foundation values, but valuables. It's when you build your life on valuables that won't last. When you worship things instead of the God who created everything. And, and we all hear about these uneducated tribes out in the dark forest. And just how sad is it that they took a, a piece of wood and carved it into an idol and they bowed down and worshiped? How uneducated, how sad. In America, we have idols just the same way too, except our idols have chrome on them. And they have little ornaments that show how valuable they are. Romans 1.25, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and they worshiped created things rather than the creator who created it all. And the moment we put our valuables in front of our values, it's very destructive. When we give to our valuables before we give to God, when we give to our truck, to our hunting collection, to our house, to our hobbies, to our possessions, before we give to God, we're falling for the destructive philosophy of materialism. How do you know if you're a materialist? What do you give to first, your valuables or your God? That's how you know. A fourth destructive philosophy we've bought into is relativism. And this doesn't mean that relatives come stay at your house for a week, bad relatives. No, this is the, it doesn't matter, doesn't matter. The idea behind relativism goes like this. What's true for me may not be true for you. And what's true for you may not be true for me. Therefore, what's right for you may not be right for me. What's right for me may not be right for you. And nobody can decide what's right and wrong because it's all relative. And this comes up in a lot of familiar phrases. Like, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're sincere about it. It doesn't matter what you believe just as long as you're sincere. Really, have you thought about the logical extension of that? Logically, what that means. For instance, if I believe that this bottle of water is safe for me to drink, I can believe that, but, but what if it were really full of sulfuric acid? I could believe with all my heart and soul that this is safe water to drink, but what does it really matter? What matters is the truth of what's actually in here. What matters is right and wrong. What matters is what's true. When I was a teenager, I, uh, I had just got my license and I was driving on 163rd Street and for whatever reason, I turned at the wrong turn and I turned onto the 71 off ramp for the Y highway exit and I started it was like the Jason Bourne moment of my life going up the off ramp a car comes down he starts laying on the horn rolls down the window and yells you're going the wrong way and I rolled down my window and said how do you know where I'm going tell me where to go. I got my license. I'm going where I want to go. Who, who are you to come out of nowhere and, and judge me? This may be an off-ramp for you. This is very much an on-ramp for me. <laughs> when people tell you the truth, they're not judging you. They're being kind. When that guy laid on the horn and said, you're going the wrong way, and a lot of other things he said I won't repeat here, he, 
was being very kind to me. He saved me. That's why I actually said, you're right, after I said, ah! (laughs) And very few people will level with you today. Very few people will say, if you go down that track, you're headed for a head-on collision. And when we go through the major crisis decisions of life, like maybe I should just go ahead and move in with this person. Maybe I should do these drugs. And then people around you say, well, you just got to do whatever's best for you. They don't love you. People who tell you the truth are the people who love you. And we'll talk about in this series how to tell the truth with grace and with tact and how to do it in a way that people can actually hear it. There's another phrase that relativism uses. You can sum it up in two words, no absolutes. There's no absolutes in life. And when people say there's no absolutes in life, a great question to ask is, are you absolutely sure about that? Because you just stated an absolute when you said there are no absolutes. The whole world and universe is evidence and proof that there are absolute truths. The universe is hanging on absolute truths. You can always count them. There are laws of the universe that you can always count on them. They do not change. For instance, we set up chairs in here today because gravity is always pulling us down. And wouldn't it be something if God just turned off gravity every eight or nine minutes? No, we knew that we could count on there being gravity today and it's pulling you down and you needed something to hold you up. It's just, it's a law of the universe. There's evidence of absolute truth all around us. And God has established the world on absolute truth. And people who claim there's no absolutes in life, it's very interesting when their absolutes start getting violated. If I build an addition onto my house that goes 20 feet into my neighbor's property, all of a sudden my neighbor's all about absolute truth, isn't he? When you go to the pharmacist, are you interested in absolute truth? Yes, you want just the right amount of just the right medicine. Because not any medicine will do, and not every medicine is created equal. And you want your pharmacist working on absolute, narrow truth. Truth is narrow. That's why it's called truth. And God says he wants us to know the truth. Don't let anybody con you with this pseudo-intellectualism that says you can live for yourself. God is unnecessary. I value things. No absolutes. It's pseudo-philosophies. It's not true. The idea that every lifestyle and every belief is equally true is wrong. They contradict each other. Truth is narrow. And God described in the book of Ephesians what happens when we fall for these destructive philosophies. It says they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and have hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. So don't be conned by these pseudo-philosophies that lead to a dead end. They don't lead to the life God gives. Now that's the cause, but how did we get here? So what's the cost of falling for these destructive philosophies? Well, the cost is collapse. Collapse. All of a sudden with no God, there's no truth. And Jesus said it would happen. Pastor Kelly referenced it last week. Jesus says, as for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it, because it was well built. 
But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. That's the cost. And as a result, we have a collapsing culture, we have collapsing families, and I could read you stats um, about America right now and the stats of broken homes and abuse and the selling of sex and suicide, drugs, abortion, murder. We see, but we see those things all the time. We know what those are. We see the collapse. Proverbs 29:18 says, where there is ignorance of God, crime runs wild. And so why is there all this gang warfare? Why are people afraid to go out of their homes? Because of this violence, because it's an ignorance of God. And if there's no God, there's no standard of truth. And if there's no standard, anything goes. If I want to take your life, anything goes. If I want to do it my way, anything goes. But there is absolute truth. Not anything goes. And God's word is truth. The Bible tells the truth. God is truth. His word is truth. Now, there are things in here that I don't fully understand. They're still truth. There are things in here that are hard to read, things in here that are hard to do, but it's the truth because it came from God and God is truth. And if you or I say something contrary to this, guess who's wrong? And our culture is collapsing. I've heard it many times. People say, I have to be unethical at work. I have to survive. Everybody is unethical, so I have to do it too. And every society, every culture, every family has collapsed as soon as someone says, I've got to do whatever it takes. When survival becomes more important than the truth. And today what we're witnessing is the flip-flopping of values. What used to be called right is now called wrong. What used to be wrong is now called right. What used to be called perverted is now called sophisticated. I mean, we kill unborn babies and the aged every day. People made in the image of God. Yet we're more interested in saving the turtles and saving the bees. It's a flip-flopping of values. We've lost God's vision for his created beings. God is not mocked. He says, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Proverbs 29:18. a nation without God's guidance is a nation without order. And our nation was founded on two presuppositions from God. One is that we, our rights are endowed by our creator and that we're to follow the basic moral laws that he's laid out. That's the cornerstone of where we live. But everybody look up here for a moment. That's not what this series is about. The series is not about how do we change culture. It's not about how do we change society. The series isn't about looking out there and trying to conform it and change it and and save it. The question of this series is not how do I change society. The question of this series is how do you, what are you building your life on? And how can I live a life of value in a world that it can't even decide what's right or wrong? How can I raise children with basic, lasting values? And how, how do I help them not fall for these destructive philosophies? How do I build my business God's ways in a dog-eat-dog world? How do I do that? What do I build my life on? Psalm 11.3 says, When the foundations of life are undermined, what can a righteous person do? So let's look at the cure. What can a righteous person do? Let's look at, are you ready for some good news, everybody? 
Here's the, here's the cure. Here's what we can do. We can rebuild the foundation. You can rebuild the foundation of your business. You can rebuild the foundation of your family. You can rebuild the foundation of your life. You absolutely can because all you have to do is turn to God. Turn to God. Why? Because God is truth. What, when, we, when we are dishonest, why is it wrong when we are dishonest? Who came up with that? Who decided that? Why is it wrong? It's wrong because God is honest. And so when we are dishonest, it's wrong. Why is it wrong to be unloving? Who just decided that? It's wrong because God is love. And so when we are unloving, it's wrong. Why is it wrong when we are unjust? Who decided that? God is just. So when we are unjust, it is wrong wrong. God is full of grace. God is all these things. And when we are different from our creator, when we are different from the character of the creator who made us, it's wrong. When we are like the character of the one who created us, it's right. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's what we're all looking for. And that's how you decide what truth is. God decides it. Is this like the character of God or unlike the character of God? Proverbs 2.9, God shows how to distinguish right from wrong and how to find the right decision. Say those two words with me. Every time he does, God wants us to know the truth. And you just can't teach values without God, without the creator who created all this, made in his image, 2 Timothy 3.16 talks about God's word. It says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us, say these three words with me, what is true and to make us realize, say these, what is wrong in our lives and it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God's word teaches us what is true, what is wrong, what is right. If God says it, it's true. How do you know if something is true or just opinion? How do, you, how do you weigh that? How do you know that? There's two characteristics about truth that make truth truth. Number one, truth is universal, meaning that it applies to everybody. Every culture, every nation, all around the world, every person. It, it, truth, it's the same for the rich, the poor, same for every nationality, every heritage, every person. Number two, truth is unchanging. It's always the same. It does not change. It's unchanging for every time. For instance, why is being faithful to your spouse, it's, it was right. Being faithful to your spouse was right 4,000 years ago. It was right 2,000 years ago. It's right today. It'll be right 2,000 years from now. Truth is unchanging. It's universal. Now, the science we may have may change, but truth doesn't. People say, I'm going to base my life on science. Science changes all the time. The kids' science book you just bought for the school year, you didn't get to just give them the one you used, did you? No, they had to make a new one. It's all different now. It's all new science. Why? Because science is changing all the time. For instance, years ago, science used to tell us that the smallest particle of life is the atom. And the fact is, since we've, we've discovered several layers beneath that since then. And now we know there are even smaller things. Why is it that as science changes, 
and science updates and there's new discoveries, they got to print a new science book, but they don't have to print a new Bible. Why, why is that? Because this is unchanging. They're just catching up to this. It's truth. It's truth for every year, every age. God is the ancient of days. It's true. Psalm 119. What, what's the benefit of building my life on absolute, universal, unchanging truth? Psalm 119, 105. says, your words are a flashlight to light the path ahead of me and keep me from stumbling. If I build on unchanging truth, I won't stumble as much. People who base their lives on unchanging truth, they don't make as many mistakes. They don't have as many regrets. Proverbs 16, 20. Read this one out loud with me. Those who listen to God's instruction will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. So what's the problem? Or what's the bottom line? What's the bottom line? You and I have a choice. And the choice is what will our standard be? What will my standard be? And this blank, I can't fill in for you. I don't have a fill in for you for this. Why? Because you have to choose it. You have to, you have to decide what the standard for your decisions in your life is going to be. I can't fill it in for you. I can't choose it for you. You have to make the choice. Your spouse can't choose it for you. Your family can't make it for you. Your parents can't make it for you. Now, your parents can discipline you according to the standard for a while. And if they really love you, that's exactly what they'll do. But they can't make the belief choice for you of what is true. You have to choose it. And while I can't fill in the blank for you, I could give you some options. Here are the options. You could choose an internal standard. So you could say, well, that's me. I'm going to decide what's right for me, wrong for me. I'm going to decide what's true based on how I feel, based on what I think, based on what makes sense to me. You could choose an external standard, which would be the world or someone in the world, something in the world. Say, I'm going to let this person or let this medium or let this thing decide and shape my worldview and what truth is, what some other person has said. And if you choose this one, saddle up, because you got to realize it's changing in a few years. It's changing all the time. Or you can choose an eternal standard, which is an eternal creator, God, God's truth, God's word. Because his truth is absolute, universal, and unchanging. So if you're going to say, I'm the own standard for my life, it's me, just have the courage to write me down in the blank. Have the courage to write it down. I'm going to make up my own standard of what truth is. Or two, I'm going to let the world determine my standards and what's right and wrong. And I'm going to listen to this day and age and what people are saying and what the opinion and what's going on to decide what's right. Be bold enough to write it down. Write down the world. Or I'm going to let God be my standard. God's truth, God's word. And that's what counts. That's what this campaign is all about. God's word, God's truth. Not what this pastor says is true. Not what you think is true. What I'm interested in is what does God say is true. That's what counts. That's what I'll be teaching. And this week is the introduction of the series. We've looked at the problems. We've looked at the cause of those problems. We've looked at what the cure is. 
this is all the negative. We'll start looking at the positive solutions next week, a character value for each week. But why are we doing this? Why do I want you to write something down here? Don't leave without writing it down. But why do I want you to make a decision to build your life on values that last? Because you matter to God. You desperately matter to God. And he wants you to build your life on something that will not collapse. He wants you to get to the, be able to get to the end of your life and be able to say, no regrets here. No regrets on my life because I built it on something eternal. I built it on something that's going to far outlast just this little sliver of life right here. In your worship guide and on the app, I, I put a commitment card. I just want to give you the opportunity to make a commitment like we've done these three weeks of this series. We've made commitments to leading a small group, joining a small group. And I want you to make a commitment about the next 10 weeks and just decide right now, starting next week, September 14th and 15th through November 16th and 17th, during the fall campaign, I'll do my best to attend the weekend services. I'll do my best to join and attend a small group. I'll do my best to use the personal study guide. And let's commit to building our life on values that last. Let's pray together. Father, I'm so thankful that you always tell the truth. You don't lie to us. You tell us just exactly as it is, and it's not always easy to hear, but it's always the truth. May today we be a people who say my standard for deciding right and wrong and truth is not public opinion. It's not even what I feel is right or what I want to be right or whatever I think is right or what's convenient, but what you say is truth. God, help us to build our lives and our values and our character on something that lasts. God, we just look forward to these days with great expectation you will do something powerful in our church, something powerful in our families, something powerful in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.